A normal concern of you as a freelancer is how to convert a lead into a client, right? Which really boils down to how do you know that the lead will pay your price? Have you done enough to convince that lead that you are good at what you do and can solve their problem? In this episode of Live in the Feast, you'll learn that when you can really identify the root cause of your client's problem, maybe even find the most important aspect of their life that's important to them, and be able to echo those things back to them, you'll know that they'll pay you. Welcome to Live in the Feast. I'm Jason Resnick, and for the past decade, I've been helping businesses translate their goals into online success as a freelance web developer. In order for me to accomplish my why as a freelancer, I needed to live in the feast. Now I'm turning the tables around so you as the freelancer can do the same and build a sustainable business to achieve success so that you can ultimately live the kind of life you want. This episode is sponsored by Feast. Feast is an online course and coaching platform built for freelancers like you who are looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Want to get higher quality clients? Command higher prices? Build recurring revenue so that you can stay out of the famine for good? Feast will help you focus and remain accountable through coaching calls, community, an exclusive mastermind group, and tons of resources. Join the VIP list now by going to res.com feast and get first crack at some exclusive bonuses when the next enrollment opens. In the last episode, I spoke about where your client comes from. I know that you took the next step and worked out those four questions to help define who it is that you are serving and what your solution is. The obvious next question that you're probably asking yourself is, how do I know that these clients will pay for my solution? Before I dive a bit deeper into that, I'd like you to think a little bit about how you're charging. Are you charging hourly, project-based, fixed bid? Also, where are you coming up with your rate? Are you looking to your market and other folks in your space to define your prices? Or are you looking to your clients and figuring out your prices around the value of your solution in regards to them? These are all questions that need answers to, and I'll touch upon them in this episode of Live in the Feast so that you can be certain that when it comes time for your lead to sign on that dotted line and hand over that first payment, you're confident that they will. Without going into a deep rabbit hole about hourly versus value-based pricing, for the sake of the rest of this show, let's just say you are charging value-based pricing. If you aren't charging that way, then you need to go get Jonathan Stark's Hourly Billing is Nuts. It's an awesome book and gets into the many reasons why you should immediately get off of hourly billing today. Now, with that out of the way, the question remains, how do I know that the clients will pay? The answer to this question lies in how deep you've gone into finding out the root cause of their problem. 
Online marketplaces for freelance gigs like Upwork and other job boards are havens for freelancers, most of which are racing to the bottom and competing on price. Sure, there are some success stories in there, but for the vast majority competing against their neighbors for the general task posted there, it's a no-win scenario. Here's why. Marketplaces like that want to put everyone at the same level. So if you're a web developer with a skill set that includes PHP, JavaScript, and e-commerce, there's nothing in there to help you stand out that you've built a custom API for a client that now allows them to publish their magazine to hundreds of thousands of subscribers across one platform that controls 25 websites. You are lumped into the same bucket as the developer who wrote his or her first line of code yesterday. Sure, there are spots to show how long you've been at this or testimonials written by clients of projects that you've won bids on through that website. But when it comes right down to it, a potential client just sees you as someone who is exactly the same as everyone else, but they have the lower rate. There's nothing unique about you, but in reality, that's what it all comes down to. As a freelancer, better yet, as a business owner, as much as your skills are valuable to your clients, it's your experience, personality, and how you conduct yourself as a professional that your clients value as well. You don't want to lump yourself in amongst the crowd, right? That's why you have your own site your own marketing, your own process, your own way of doing business. So let me ask you, why do you look to all those other people for what you charge your clients? Why do you ask other freelancers what they charge per hour or per project? You should be concentrating on the value that your service brings to your clients and charge based around that. Ever gone to a printer to get custom t-shirts made or maybe a banner or some sort of swag for your business and they have you submit a request for a quote? They want to know everything about your logo or the materials that are going to be used before they can give you a price because maybe your colors aren't quite right or maybe they need to work on something with your logo. Who knows? But the idea here is, is that they can't base your project off of someone else's order because your logos and colors are completely different than theirs. The printer isn't comparing what they charge you with what they charge others. They are charging based around the requirements of your project and giving you a custom product of value in return. But that's no guarantee that the printer will land you as a client, right? What if you have a meetup or an event that's coming up in a week and you need this stuff made pronto. So there's really no time for you to shop around to too many different printers. There's definitely not enough time to order online. Say the printer said to you that they were able to fulfill your order in three days, leaving you enough time to review the swag and maybe even make a simple change. Now you'd be more inclined to buy, right? because the printer has dug just a bit deeper to find out how fast you need your swag. Maybe there's a rush fee involved on top of this, but honestly, as long as it's within reason, do you really care? 
Money really isn't the issue here, it's time. Time in this case is essentially your biggest pain point. When you dig deep enough into your client's root issue, then you're able to know if they're going to pay you. This is because you as a vendor have really understood the need and the problem and are able to solve it. You could even go as far as figuring out your client's ROI or return on investment and base your price around that. By this, I mean, if you are able to bring in $100,000 of revenue to your client over the next 12 months, wouldn't it make a complete no-brainer for them to bring you on for $10,000, $20,000, or even $50,000? You want to dig as deep as you possibly can. You've listened to the previous episode and gone ahead to really focus in on a specific type of client or solution then digging deep is really just a matter of exercise. To put this into context, Brian Castle, founder of Audience Ops, also founded and then subsequently sold Restaurant Engine. He set out to rid the world of crappy restaurant websites. I don't know if that was really his goal, but that's how I translated it anyway. He set out to build a website builder specifically designed so that restaurant owners could purchase and build out nicely designed and highly functional website. After a bit of time, he noticed something he didn't expect. He noticed that he was getting asked a lot of questions around how to do this, how to use the builder to build a website quickly. He reached out and spoke to several customers and asked them what they needed from Restaurant Engine. They told him that they really didn't have the time to spend on building out a proper site, but loved the idea and asked if he could just do it for them. So that's exactly what he pivoted Restaurant Engine towards, a done-for-you service with premium pricing to create websites for restaurant owners that just didn't have time to do it themselves. I'd like to point out a couple of things here. In Brian's case, he did two things. He started to notice a pattern with his customers. That pattern was based on support requests. Instead of hiring support staff or building out videos or FAQs on the website, he went back to the source, his customers, and asked, hey, what's up? He didn't spin his wheels in guessing why there are so many questions around this. He just took the time and dug a bit deeper with his clients to find out what their root cause. So by recognizing something in his business, instead of building something else out, he just took a step back and dug deeper. This pattern recognition is something that I don't hear spoken about often enough, but it's a skill that does take some practice. In a conversation I had with Justin Jackson that you can get inside of the Feast course as a bonus to the marketing module, he stated, freelancers are in the most privileged position ever. If you learn and build this muscle of listening, empathy, and pattern recognition, you are at ground level for seeing what kind of things people are willing to pay money for. Now, Justin is a product marketer. He's a host of a few different podcasts and made products of his own. But when he boils everything down, he describes himself as someone who wants to help you reach more people with the things that you create. 
He works with SaaS companies, startups, individual product owners, and other folks from all sorts of walks of life. So he has a keen insight into all types of businesses, yet he says that we, freelancers, are in the most privileged position ever. I love this quote because as freelancers, we oftentimes go to potential clients' sites or attend events and have the opportunity to see the surroundings of our potential clients and figure out from that what is most important to them. If you go to a client's office, look at what's on the desk or on the shelves behind the desk or on the walls even. Are there photos of family? Are there books? Do they have memorabilia of their favorite sports team? Is it awards that the company receives? All of these things provide insights into what's most important to this person. If you go to events where there are people listening to speakers, take a few minutes to stand in the back of the room and look at what's up on their computer screens and tablets. What websites do they frequent? Listen to folks as they talk to each other in the hall during and after the talks. A little bit of a hat tip to Justin for those tips. By taking a few minutes and looking around, you start to really get into the heads of your potential clients. If they have family photos all over their desk, then time with them is important. Focusing in on creating blog posts on the websites to get more leads maybe isn't quite as important. If they have awards that the company won, then the quick execution of the new innovative feature in their app is important to them, where maybe negotiation of price isn't as important. By using this information within your pitch, or even before that, you make an instant connection with that person. You touch them in a way that someone on the other side of the planet can't. You can even make a lasting impression with them by even sending them a small gift related to their likes for them taking the meeting. It doesn't have to be expensive either, but the gesture will go a long way in making that lasting impression. So as your action steps for this show, I'd love for you to be able to email your best clients and ask them if they would be available for a quick 15-minute phone call. In this call, give them the opportunity to speak freely about you, your service, and their business. Trust me, they'll be more than happy to talk about their business. But what I want you to do is ask them at least this one question. What is it that you need from me that I can do better on? And obviously take that and word it in your own language. Like when I do this with my clients, I say, how could I be more awesome? But that's just me, right? That's how I am and the relationship I have with my clients. So take that question and make it your own. Jot down what your clients say and then read over the responses and see if there's a pattern that emerges. The reason I say to do this with your best clients is because your not so best clients will probably take this as an opportunity to add to your to-do list. Not to mention the secondary purpose of this exercise is to work with more clients like your best ones. You want to really get to the root problem of what you're solving for them. 
so that you can know that the leads with the same problem will pay you to solve it for them as well. So go ahead, pick out those three best clients and spend five minutes to shoot off a quick email asking them for 15 minutes to chat in the next week or so. I guarantee that you'll get a 100% response. And if you don't, please let me know because I'll be more than happy to refund you the money that you paid for this show. All joking aside, if you do this exercise, and yes, it can be awkward at first, but you'll elevate yourself as a professional and you'll really be able to hone in on what it is your current clients will pay for. This will result in making it a no-brainer for leads to buy from you as well. In the next episode, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit and how to find new clients. So until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Music